are we Catholics heading into schism? Schism. You need to watch this video because people all over the world, lay people, clergy, bishops, now even cardinals, are using the S word as we move into October with the Synod on Synodality hosted by Pope Francis in Rome. And let me just break it down for you real quick. There are two major issues that are coming up at the Synod on Synodality this fall. And this and these two reasons are why people are saying we could be slipping into a schism. Those two issues are, number one, women's ordination. Can women be ordained to the priesthood? And to a lesser extent, can women be ordained to the diaconate? Can women be deacons and serve on the altar in persona Christi? The second issue is that of blessing same-sex unions. Those are the two issues that are coming up. For 2,000 years, the Catholic Church has said no, capital N, capital O. Or if you want to do it in Latin, non, N-O-N. No way, Jose, you cannot have women's ordination and you cannot bless same-sex unions. I'm going to talk briefly why it is that Catholics believe that and how it can never change. And then I'm going to spend some time talking about what you and I should do if such horrible things should happen in the Catholic Church. That's today's podcast. Let me begin by just saying happy feast day for Catholics. Today is the feast day of the Nativity of Our Lady, Ave Maria. First off, women's ordination. Are Catholics mean? Are we sexist? Are we misogynist? We, we think women are not good enough to be priests. Is, is that the deal? No. Catholics believe that women cannot be priests or deacons or bishops for a simple reason. We Catholics believe in seven sacraments instituted by Jesus Christ. And one of those sacraments is called the Holy Eucharist. And the Holy Eucharist is not just a memorial, as Protestants believe, as Luther and Calvin taught. The Eucharist is a sacrifice, as Paul taught in 1 Corinthians. It is the once-for-all offering, the self-same sacrifice of Jesus on the cross at Calvary to the Father. We Catholics believe that when we are at Mass kneeling, I was at Mass today, and the priest says, this is my body, this is the chalice of my blood. When those words are uttered, there is the miracle of transubstantiation, which is a big word saying that the substance, the essence of bread and wine become the substance and the essence of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. This is Catholic dogma. It can never change. Now, what's interesting about it is that the priest, when he says over the bread, this is my body. 
Clearly, we don't believe when he says my, meus in Latin, that he is referring to his own body. So if Father McGillicuddy is on the altar and he says my body, we don't believe that the bread turns into Father McGillicuddy's body. We believe it turns into the body of Christ. What's going on here in the mystery of the liturgy? The priest is loaning and giving his body to Christ. He is ontologically, metaphysically changed as a priest. Now, he doesn't become Jesus, but he participates in the one high priesthood of Jesus Christ, as we read in Hebrews. And bodies, we know, come in two varieties, although people today differ on that. We Catholics know there are two. God made them male and female, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And since bodies come in two versions, male and female, it is absolutely necessary, metaphysically necessary, that the priest have a male body at the miracle of transubstantiation. A female body won't do it because the signification of the Eucharistic sacrifice requires the priest to stand in, in persona Christi, as Christ. And Christ is the groom to the church. And the church is feminine. The pronouns of the church are she, her, defined by God, not by us. And the Eucharist is not only the sacrifice of the cross, it's also the wedding of the Lamb, the wedding supper of the Lamb that we read in the Apocalypse. For more details, see my book. Antichrist and Apocalypse. You can also get the audible version. If you want a signed copy, go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. It's the apocalyptic supper of the Lamb, the mystical union of Jesus, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride. So if the priest is a woman, not only is it undermining the signification of transubstantiation, it's also the priest offering his body, well, in this case, if it were a woman, her body to the church female, the liturgy in the Mass becomes lesbian. It becomes a lesbian wedding supper of the Lamb with the female priest or priestess, as we say in English, offering her body to the bride, the church. It's wrong. It's factually incorrect. It doesn't fit with the Bible in 2,000 years of tradition. If you agree with me, hit the like button. Can I get an amen? Hit the like button. Same goes with deacons. You may say, well, deacons don't actually consecrate the body and blood of Christ. But deacons do mystically stand in persona Christi. Christ is identified in Luke's gospel as a deacon. When he girds himself and washes the feet of the apostles, he is being a deacon. Paul himself refers to himself as a deacon. The deacons, although not sacerdotal, are within, they participate within the one priesthood of Christ, and therefore deacons must be male because deacons serve as Christ on the altar even holding the chalice, the mystery of faith. So that's why women can't be ordained. Not that we, I mean, women could read the Latin, they could read the rubrics, they could do all that, they could preach a sermon. Women's sermons would probably be longer than men's sermons. 
but it's because there is a sacramental liturgical mystery happening at the altar. We don't believe it's bread and wine. We don't believe it's a memorial. If it was a memorial, a woman could remember just as much as a man. Sometimes they remember better. But it's a sacrifice. And because it's a sacrifice, it can never change. Male-only priesthood. Second issue, moving into the Synod on Synodality. Blessing of same-sex unions. They'll say to us, yeah, but Taylor, um, we're just blessing two people who are friends. And they love each other. And love is love. Listen. One of the novelties of the last several decades, really beginning from the 1960s, is that you can live in mortal sin, objective mortal sin, and still go to heaven, still receive the sacraments. I was scandalized. I was talking to a priest. Get this. Everybody sit down from what I'm about to hear. It's going to scandalize you. I was talking to a priest. I was scandalized. He said in his diocese, every weekend all over the diocese, they have same-sex couples bring adopted infants for baptism. Happens almost every weekend. And the policy that the bishop has given to all the priests is that they should baptize these babies. The problem is one of the conditions for baptizing a baby is that the baby must be raised as a Catholic. If you have two women or two men pretending to be married in the Catholic Church, that right there is an indication that the child is not being raised according to the traditional faith and morals of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. If you agree with me, go ahead and hit that like button. Share it up. While you're at it, subscribe. Do y'all see the problem here? In Germany right now, bishops have given the green light and the go-ahead to their priests to go ahead and do the blessing of same-sex unions. And they're saying, whoa, 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 we're not saying that this is the sacrament of holy matrimony. That's for a man and a woman. We're just saying, just saying, that they're two people, they're baptized, they love each other. We just want to bless that love. It's not a matrimony, not a marriage. We just want to bless that love right there. Problem is Catholicism, the Bible, tradition has said that men and women can only experience Sexual relations, I'm going to say a big word here, genital stimulation inside the context of matrimony. This means men and women cannot masturbate. Men and women cannot fornicate. Men and women cannot have adultery. Men and women cannot commit sodomy. There's only one proper context for using the sexual organs, the male sexual organs and the female sexual organs. And that is in the context of matrimony and the primary role, the primary goal, teleology for this is the procreation and the education of children, new people to worship and love the one true God. That's how God designed it. 
You may not like it, but that's how it goes. See Genesis for details. Do you agree with me? Hit the like button because it's facts right there from Genesis all the way to the apocalypse. So we, we can bless people, but we can't bless sin. And they're doing, you know, they're trying to trick us and say, well, we're just, we're just blessing the love. We're not. No, everybody knows what you're doing. How do we know what you're doing? Because we see James Martin with rainbow gear on pride, telling people to go to pride marches where there's all kinds of nudity and scandalous behavior. They're promoting all of that. They're even putting the rainbows on the fronts of their Alt, Novus Ordo, Luther Table. I mean, they're going all out. We know exactly what they're doing, and they think you are stupid, and they think I'm stupid. The problem is, as they're running this synod on synodality, and they're going out to all the people, not just Catholics, they're going to all different walks of life, and they're saying, what should the Catholic Church be? And they're filling out forms, accumulating it, writing reports, putting them to the Conference of Bishops, submitting them to Rome. Rome's looking at it. And they're going to get all together in October, and they're going to look at all these documents and say, you know, the Holy Spirit is the God of surprises. The Holy Spirit is moving right now in 2023. And, and the Holy Spirit's moving in people all over the world. And we surveyed them. And you know what the Holy Spirit's telling us? Ordained women. Because the tradition is not dead. The tradition is alive. The tradition is moving and growing. And, and we're part of that tradition. And through the synod of synodality, the Holy Spirit is telling us to go ahead and ordain those women. Yeah, I know Thomas Aquinas had this, you know, out-of-date idea about gender. But, you know, in 2023 on planet Earth, where everything is going so great right now, we have figured out that gender is a little bit more fluid than we understood. And that's why we're going to have women. We're going to have women pastors, women priests, women deacons. I don't know what you're going to call them. You're not going to call her Father Karen. You can call her Mother Karen. As soon as you start calling her Mother Karen up on the altar, you're going to start praying our mother who art in heaven. Guarantee it. Garen, blessed tea it. That's going to happen. So what are we going to do? Fortunately, St. Jude already told us what to do. Here it is. Jude, chapter 1, verse 3, right here. Dearly beloved, sounds like a wedding almost. Dearly beloved, taking all care to write unto you concerning your common salvation, I was under a necessity to write unto you to beseech you to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints. There it is. No matter what happens, no matter if an angel descends from heaven, no matter if Pope Francis says whatever, Jude, the apostle, is telling you and telling me to contend. Are you a contender? Judah's telling you to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints. Once delivered. The faith is delivered one time, and that one time happened when Jesus Christ 
for three years taught the apostles. He died on the cross. He descended to the dead. He rose on the third day. And he spent 40 days on earth teaching the apostles, equipping them, preparing them for the faith delivered once to the saints. One time. One time. That's what's up. It can't be given to you a second time in 2023. It can't be changed. It can't be manipulated. It can't be remixed. It can be clarified. For example, they, the church can say, we believe that the term homoousia in Greek, consubstantial, same substance, is beneficial for the church in understanding the ontological sameness of the essence, the substance, the usia of the Father and the Son. The Father and the Son are of the same substance, and we hereby canonize the word homoousia for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That doesn't change anything. It just clarifies. The church can say, we would like to canonize the word transubstantiation, that the bread and the wine, the substance of the bread and the wine, change into the substance of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And the best word for that, that's not comprehensive, but the best word for that was decided in the church, 1215 AD, transubstantiation. It's clarifying a reality. The church cannot change and reverse that. The church cannot come later and say, you know what? We thought about it. Transubstantiation is a bad term. We're getting rid of it. Bad. It's no longer, they can't do that. They can't say marriage was always a man and a woman. Now it's a man and a man. No. It's the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Period. End of the story. Close the book. It is done. The deposit of faith has been given. And that's it. That's it. Now, what do we do if they roll out in your parish, women priests, women deacons, or they say, Adam and Steve, this Saturday are going to have their union blessed. Come on out. This is the spirit of surprises. We used to be against it. Now we're all for it. Come on out. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to the, to the I'm live right now. I'm going to go into the live chat. What are you guys going to do? Let's see if you already know. Are you going to say, well, Holy Spirit surprises us. I guess we Catholics were wrong for 1,990 years. We done messed up. This whole time, we thought we were following the Holy Spirit. We were just following what was once delivered to the saints, contending earnestly. And you know what? They had, they had everybody fill out forms and surveys at the Synod of Synodality, and shucks, we were wrong all of these centuries. What are y'all going to do? I'm going into your comments and your questions. Rachel says, no, I'll make confession with the man priest. That's right. With the man priest. That's right. A confession to a female so-called priestess would be invalid. No bueno. You are right, Rachel. Good call. And that brings us to the solution. 
What do we do? You contend earnestly for the faith. Here it is, right here. Contend earnestly for the faith delivered to the saints. Contend, contend. Are you a contender? Say, yes, I am a contender. You must contend earnestly for the faith. What does that mean? Well, if your parish is given over to heresy, that's not the Catholic faith. It's no longer the Catholic liturgy. It is not Catholic. And this has happened before. I know it's kind of startling. You might think, oh my, am I ready for this? You are ready because you're going to contend earnestly for the faith. If it happens. See, the Holy Spirit can intervene. If it were to happen, and like under the Arian heresy, people woke up. Jerome says that the world awoke and found and groaned and found herself Arian. People who were good Catholics one day realized my pastor and my bishops, my bishop is an Arian. He denies that Jesus is consubstantial, homoousiaf with the Father. My own bishop, who baptized and confirmed my family, he is now denying that Jesus is fully God. This happened to people. It happened to thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people. What did they do? They contended for the faith. They rallied to the priest and the bishops who held firm. Even at that time, there was a pope named Pope Liberius. He is the first pope in church history to never be canonized as a saint, the first non-saint pope. Why was he not canonized as a saint? He never taught Arianism. Pope Liberius never taught Arianism. That's, that's not true. But he tolerated Arian heretics in the church. He received at least two of them in Rome. He was soft on Arianism. He could have been much stronger. His successors in the papacy were very strong. They condemned Arianism. Liberius was soft. That's why he's not Saint Liberius. He's just plain old Pope Liberius. In fact, Liberius even sent the champion of Nicene Orthodoxy, Saint Athanasius of Alexandria, who contended for the faith. He said, no, homoousia, Christ is consubstantial with the Father. He went into exile four times, this holy bishop, Saint Athanasius, doctor of the church. Even went into exile under Pope Liberius. But Athanasius was correct. He was Orthodox the entire time, and he contended for the faith once delivered to the saints. No matter what happens, you contend. You hold to the one true faith. Get yourself the Catechism of the Council of Trent and read it every day. Pray the rosary every day. If you can, attend the traditional Latin Mass. I challenge you, my Latin Mass challenge to all of you is to go to the traditional Latin Mass four times. The first time you go, you're going to be lost. You're going to be confused. You're be like, what is this all about? I'm not so sure. Four times. Go to Latin Mass four times. And on the fourth time, it's going to start to seep into you and you're going to start to understand it. If you agree with me, go ahead and hit that like button. Now, the fact of the matter is we've been living under a de facto schism for decades. There are clergy in the church 
priests and bishops who do not believe the same thing as me or Thomas Aquinas or St. Augustine or St. Paul or St. Peter. They believe that really everyone goes to heaven. Dare we hope that all men be saved. They believe that homosexuality is fine. They don't believe it's a sin. Some of them believe that if a priest molests a child, you can just move him around and cover it up. But there's no accountability for sin in the church because there is no hell. Some of them believe baptism does nothing. It doesn't remit original sin or regenerate, make a child or an adult born again. Some of them don't believe that going to confession for mortal sin is necessary. And this is why they don't offer confession that often in your church, because they really don't think it's necessary. See, this is all a sign of the de facto schism. Or the priest I once met who was attend going to the mosque and attending the mosque and praying at the mosque. A Catholic priest. No priest in the last two, before the 1960s, would go and pray with Muslims at a mosque. There's a de facto schism already amongst us. We feel it. We know it. When you go to different churches, you notice it, you feel it. And I'm just here telling you, you're not crazy. I'm also telling you, it's not your fault. Unless you've somehow contributed to it. But if you were born and raised a Catholic and you're trying to navigate your way to heaven through Jesus Christ, through the intercession of Our Lady and the saints and the seven sacraments, and you're confused right now and you're troubled, it's not your fault. God chose you to be born in this time, to be a Catholic in this time. Father Charbel said, the saints in heaven are looking down, wishing that they could be saints in this time period. Why? Because this is a moment of glory. This is a moment of battle. St. Dominic is looking down thinking, man, I fought the Albigensians, but I want to be in that fight right now. I want to be in the 2023 fight. Thomas Aquinas says, man, I wrote a lot. I fought heresies. I clarified the faith. I want to be in 2023 fighting heresies and clarifying the faith. The saints earnestly contended for the faith, and we are called to earnestly contend for the faith. Who will be the St. Dominic of 2023 or 2024 or 2025 or 2030? Who is the next Thomas Aquinas? Who is the ne next St. Catherine of Siena writing letters to the Pope? Who is the next Padre Pio? Who is the next St. Therese de Joux, the little flower? Maybe if you're watching right now, maybe that's you. You get to fight in this battle. I was reading Maria Agreda, the mystic, the Spanish mystic, and I was reading about the flight into Egypt by Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus, and how on one night they were in a sandstorm, and on another night they ran out of food and they hadn't eaten until 9 p.m. And yet God, Maria Agreda explains, was giving them these deep hardships. We're talking about Mary, Joseph, and Jesus 
It doesn't get any more holy and sanctified than those three. Jesus is God. Mary's immaculate conception. Joseph is the most chaste spouse of the Blessed Virgin. Do they need to be sanctified anymore, Joseph and Mary? And yet God was bringing hardships into their life, and they were joyful, and they accepted it. And by that, they became even greater saints and closer to God. And I thought to myself, God is allowing this crisis in the church. He could make it go away, but he's allowing it to be extended so that we can be more faithful, we can have more hope, and we can love God even more. That we can contend more earnestly. We must contend, and it will, be, it will make us more holy if we do it with joy, if we do it with faith, hope, and charity. We will fly to higher, higher thrones, higher seats in heaven, a greater reward, a more earnest, well done, good and faithful servant, if by God's grace we can persevere and contend. And I got to say it one more time. You've heard me say it a hundred times. I'm going to say it again. Do not Leave the Catholic Church. I'll say it again in case people thought I stuttered. Do not leave the Catholic Church. There may be some disorganization, some chaos aboard Noah's Ark, but you don't jump off of Noah's Ark into the ocean because there's nothing out there for you to hold on to. You might think, Man, the ark is crazy. There's lions in here and it stinks and it's dirty. Do not jump off. Where are you going to go? You're going to sink to the bottom of the ocean. And by that mean to the bottom of the abyss. Stay on the boat. Stay in the church. Do not leave the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Well, yeah, Taylor, what if there's like all this controversy and confusion with the papacy? There's been controversy and confusion with the papacy before for 70 years. The great Western schism, 70 years. Entire kingdoms didn't know who the right Pope was. All kinds of confusion. You stay in the one true faith. Some people were tempted and they went and became uh, Albigensian Cathari. They joined sects. Heresies, schisms, because things got tough. Do not do that. You stay in the boat. You stay in the boat. The Holy Spirit is going to sort it out. All right. Blessed be God. Today is a great feast day, the Nativity of Our Lady. She was born on this day to St. Anne. And... She is the star of the sea. If you stay near to Mary, you will always be at the foot of the cross of Jesus. Mary never leaves Jesus. Her soul magnifies the Lord. That's Luke. She's the magnifying glass to Jesus. So if you can't see, can't discern the letters, Mary's the magnifying glass. So stay close to Mary. And this is why I always say, pray the rosary every single day. 
pray the rosary every day. Don't let one day go by where you don't pick up the beads and pray the rosary every day. The rosary is the Bible on beads. The rosary is the rhythm of Scripture in your soul. The rosary is the chain that connects you to heaven. The rosary, says Mary to Dominic, is the battering ram for the kingdom of God. It breaks open. So pray your rosary every day. Find your traditional Latin mass. Go to confession every two to four weeks. Pray your prayers. Be a Catholic. Teach your children. That's it. You're going to be fine. All right. Let's close with the Hail Mary. Nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. One last thing. I'm aware now that there are lots of Protestants watching my channel, the Dr. Taylor Marshall Podcast. So hello to all the Protestants. And I would say, please watch my video. We'll post it here. How to become a Catholic. Endeavor to enter into the one true church. Outside the church, there is no salvation. Enter into the bride of Christ. All right, God bless and Godspeed.